0: Asymmetrical Haircuts, Justice Update, with Janet Anderson and Stephanie Vandenberg, in partnership with justiceinfo.net.
1: Hi, Janet. Hi, Stephanie. There's something that flew by us last week that we wanted to know more about. Sweden has formally indicted two oil executives for aiding and abetting war crimes in South Sudan between 1997
0: and 2003. Yeah, we saw that this um, process, this case, has been sparked by a 2010 report authored by the Dutch NGO Pax on behalf of the European Coalition on Oil in Sudan. So we thought best to invite one of the report's authors to try and fill in the substantial gaps in our knowledge. Egbert Vesselink, hi. Good morning. Hi, Egbert. Unpaid debt, as the report is called, basically sets
1: out the story of how between 1997 and 2003, An oil consortium, including Swedish oil firm London, tried to secure an area in South Sudan known as Block 5 for oil exploration. Now, to get control of the area, the report describes that they paid government forces and militias who allegedly committed war crimes. They say thousands of people died in the so-called oil wars and 200,000 people were violently displaced. So, Egbert, you wrote this report as one of the main authors. It's super detailed. It it kind of reads like an indictment. Was that always the aim to get this case kind of to trial with this report?
2: No, it was not. Um, Initially, we had a report ready in 2008 with the um, main aim to raise awareness and maybe some outrage in Sweden in order to, to have investors and the Swedish government and the Swedish pub, public um, request Lundin to remedy and, and, and repair the damages that it had done to the population in South Sudan. Um, that's always been our main aim, remedy, the right to remedy and, and reparation of the victims of the of all these crimes.
0: What changed to make you look again and to write the report in the way that you did?
2: Well. The original report uh, was was traditional NGO report. We wanted to uh, create some outrage uh, about about the way what the company had done and they that it got away with it. We wanted primarily a political process and to to convince shareholders that they should uh, uh, request other you know, reaction from the company. Now, if the company would have gone to South Sudan. Um, after the peace agreement and, and tell the population, um, well, sorry, what happened? What can I do for you? They would be welcomed. There, there would be no problem if it would just have the guts to act as human beings. They would be friends of the population now. But no, they acted as a legal entity, aggressively um, and uh, and confrontational, and consequently, we were forced to to write a report that was legally much more sound and thought through than we initially had done. And it became impossible by the public prosecutor to ignore the report it indeed it, it reads like a uh, an indictment.
0: I'm still trying to get my head around just a bit more the, the, the general understanding of this. I mean, we're talking about a company, a listed company, London, but we're also talking about Individuals. How? What's the connection there? Is this? Is this something that that you can explain to us a little about?
2: Legal entities like companies cannot be uh, prosecuted for uh, crimes. Only natural persons can. So the prosecution in Sweden could only prosecute natural persons. But their choice of natural persons and the entire way they approach this case makes very clear that the company itself bears much of the blame basically everything that the two suspects are being accused of are decisions that they made in their function and on behalf of the company and the choice of the suspects is also uh, meaningful here that is the chairman of the board of directors and largest shareholder of the company you see in lundin and um, former CEO of the company, Alex Schneider, who was then head of operations in South Sudan. So this choice of, of the two top managers, really of the company, makes clear. I mean, they they could have indicted a dozen other people, right? uh, which they didn't, and that that is meaningful. And there is a second interesting issue. Um, the in the indictment, the prosecutor states that he will request the court to forfeit all the benefits that the company um, made in south sudan over its operation basically he will ask the court to declare the entire operation of lundian energy in south sudan a criminal enterprise and then forfeit all benefits as criminal benefits consequently which is a, quite a lot of money one point yeah. uh, 140 million euros more or less and Consequently, the company itself will also be represented in court. So clearly the prosecutor wants to include the company itself as much as possible in the case.
1: We have to add the official kind of news disclaimer that both men deny the allegations against them. What exactly are they accused of? I said aiding and abetting war crimes. So they're not accused of ordering them. Or are they accused of knowing that this was going on and not doing anything? And what has your report found on on those things? How much London knew that this was going on?
2: Yes, technically it is um, the indictment is for aiding and abetting um, violations of international public law, atrocity crimes. Atrocity crimes includes a lot of crimes. And uh, there's no sheet of suspicion with the indictment, but there Undoubtedly, the way it's all described there, essentially war crimes and crimes against humanity, and more specifically, deliberately targeting civilians, destroying essential things that, that civilians need for survival, enslavement, and pillage, killing, murder, all at a massive, systematic scale, repeatedly, in in the course of warfare. So these are pretty pretty serious uh, offences.
0: You described how long it took to um, put all the details together in this form, um, even though the story was well known. But it was only that Sweden began itself officially investigating uh, in 2010. And now we're 11 years later. Do you know why it's taken so long for this case to to come forward?
2: According to the public prosecutor, um, the reason is that, first of all, He's looking at a very long period of time that crimes were committed, over five years. Um, I mean, it's as long as the Second World War took, right? Um, he was. It was extremely difficult for him to, uh, to get sufficient evidence, to find sufficient evidence, because he could not access, after December 2013, he could no longer access South Sudan, and he never could access Sudan. Um, He could not interview primary perpetrators. Another complication was that in December 2013, so two and a half years after the beginning of the investigation, civil war broke out in uh, South South Sudan, which uh, suddenly made it impossible for the prosecutor to access the people he had identified. Another reason I have a strong impression is that the 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 company and the suspects are putting up an extremely aggressive defense they have massive legal teams and uh it looks like they have really done everything to stop the indictment to make sure it doesn't happen and even now day before yesterday alex schneider launched an injunction to um stop the uh indictment basically again um, delaying the, the procedure.
1: Yes, I was not uh, going to say I saw a whole line of kind of challenges to the investigation uh, even before the charges were led that you could see going through the Swedish courts uh, with these suspects.
2: And it's incredible. Nothing like that ever happened in Sweden. And and uh, it, it's it has become the largest criminal uh, investigation uh, that goes to court in Swedish history.
1: Now, Lundin is not the only oil company mentioned in the unpaid debt report. There is also OMV, the Austrian one. Are there prosecutors in those countries looking at similar cases, or is Sweden really the only country that is looking at the report in this way, or at this this, uh, Sudan oil wars?
2: To my knowledge, Sweden is the only one. uh, You could could also add Canada, of course. Uh, Talisman uh, was uh, uh, one of the partners in a consortium just north of uh, block 5A of Lundin's block the Tazman no longer exists unfortunately. in Malaysia where Petronas is based uh, doesn't have universal jurisdiction but Austria and Canada have uh, but to my knowledge there's no legal process, no investigation uh, going on there. You know, our objective is not so much a court case. the victims of, of these of these crimes couldn't care less whether these two, swiss-based millionaires end up in jail or not they don't know these people it doesn't help them in their in their lives so what what the really interesting question is not whether there will be more indictments etc but whether this case will lead some to some kind of process in the area that allows people to to restart their lives
0: looking at that um i mean it's already taken so long to get to to this stage um what is your kind of prediction for how long it might take before we either see more happening in the case and then, as you say, stuff happening on the ground for, for people who are affected by this?
2: Uh, it looks like the the, the the hearings will not start until next summer, maybe even autumn. And then the prosecutor has uh, predicted that the trial itself will take about one and a half year. So we're looking really at uh, two years from now at the earliest before there will be a judgment. And then undoubtedly uh, either of the parties, either the public prosecutor or the company, uh, will appeal.
0: And then on the ground?
2: You mean in South Sudan? Well, very little will happen in South Sudan because these two individuals, uh, if convicted, they, they will have a long prison sentence um but there are only the the victims who are have representation in court and there are two or three dozens only uh, can claim some form of uh uh, reparation and and compensation the other 180,000 cannot they hardly know that this this goes on they uh, many of them live in refugee camps uh, a very big part of them live as refugees uh, outside of the country even, uh, very scattered um, communities. Uh, many of them you will not even be able to uh, to, to find. They live in the shanty towns, in Khartoum, whatever. So what really should happen, I believe, is that shareholders and the governments of the country where these companies are based um, demand that the company does what it, companies, in fact, so Patronas, Omvau and Lundin, do what the United Nations guiding principles on business and human rights say that they should do, which is to contribute to the provision of remedy uh, of the people adversely affected by their operations. So what, what should happen really is that shareholders and governments, I mean, the, the Lundin energy depends completely on, on Norway. It, it invested its uh, profits, its Sudanese profits, in... Uh, Norwegian Arctic waters, and it, fi- it it drilled a jackpot there in 2012, making it you now turning it from a small cowboy company into into a billion dollar business. I think the Norwegian co- Norwegian government should should set clear criteria of doing business with, uh, with, with 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 companies on on the basis of human rights criteria, which uh, apparently it doesn't. That would that would, of course. Uh, uh, endanger the bottom line of the company and may force it to, to do what it should be doing in South Sudan. Oumvau is 30% owned by the Austrian government. Austrian government never seemed to care at all about how Oumvau has uh, behaved in South Sudan. But not at all. They never said anything about it. They own a third of the company.
1: There's a lot left to be done. Even if we do get court cases, then reparations or some kind of compensation for wrongdoing is always uh, a much longer way off so the victims are always um, in that sense still left to wait thank you so much for uh, explaining to us what's going on we're going to keep an eye on this and we hope that you'll come back uh, once this court case starts if you're still following it to tell us more about it on the next podcast thank you
0: this was Asymmetrical Haircuts your international justice podcast created and presented by Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Baer This episode was produced in partnership with justiceinfo.net, an independent site covering justice efforts for mass violence. Music is by audionautics.com and you can find show notes and everything about the podcast on asymmetricalhaircuts.com This show is available on every major podcast service, so please subscribe, give us a rating and spread the word.